hello and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Join us as we have different guests and topics that address what's going on in our world and culture from a biblical perspective to find and remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he that is in the world. Man, um, so I'm excited. I, I know God's doing some things and uh, preparing. How many of y'all came expecting? Hallelujah. I know God's got some good things for us while we're here this week. And uh, it's going to equip you and uh, get you ready for everything that he has for your lives. I'm looking for my jokes. <laughs> Amen. Can't start a message without a good joke. Ah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Mm-mm-mm. How many married folks do we have in here? Married folks. One, two, three, four, five. All right, good deal. Both my hands up. My beautiful wife, Mandy, is home with our two kids, Ezra and Brooklyn. And uh, this May, will, May 7th, we'll celebrate 17 years of marriage. Man, come on, somebody. One guy was asked what it was like being married for 17 years said it felt like 17 minutes underwater. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not for us. Not for us, though. It's nothing but rainbows and butterflies. This is for all the married folks. Things to ways of saying things. Dangerous. What's for dinner? Safer. Can I help you with dinner? Safest. Where would you like to go for dinner? Dangerous. What are you uh, so worked up about? Safer. Could we be overreacting? Safest, here's my paycheck. (laughs) Dangerous, should we be eating that? (laughs) Safer, Uh, you know that's plenty, uh, you know there's plenty of apples left. (laughs) Safest, can I get get you a piece of chocolate cake to go with that? There you go. I like this one. Dangerous, what would you do all day? That'll light the fuse right there, one. Safer. I hope you didn't overdo it today. Safest. I've always loved you in that robe. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's awesome. Enough of that. All right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you so much for your word tonight. God, I thank you that you watch over your word to perform it in our lives. Father God, I thank you that I've prepared, I've studied. I've spent time in your presence to hear your word. And I thank you that as I speak tonight, Father God, you make my pen the tongue of a ready writer to write upon the tablets of these people's hearts. So, Father God, that we leave here not with the uh, being impressed by man, but being impacted by your presence. That, Father, we are equipped for the season and the time that we're living in, that we may be your people with a word in season to them that we encounter. I thank you, Father God, that tonight we see Jesus. Tonight that we see Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The one that, uh, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. We thank you for it tonight, Father. We give you the honor, the glory. Amen, amen, amen. I want to share some things with you tonight that that God has been speaking to me about some things that God has been stirring me uh, concerning the time and the season that we're living in. There are those that would ridicule the church as a whole because every time there are wars and rumors of wars, they say, well, this is just the opportunity for the church to use their their doctrine to prove a point. But I'm here tonight to tell you that we are living right before the return of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Jesus is about to crack the sky and call his his family home. And because of this, there, there is an urgency and a required attention, a focus. Everybody say focus. A focus, alertness for the body of Christ. To know and understand the time and the season that we are living in. It is a time, listen to this, of acceleration and application. 
The Lord spoke to me. He said, Dustin, I've spent the last three and even four generations preparing my church with my word for this time and this season. There's, a, there's an idea and a thought that's going on right now called deconstruction belief system or theology where people, because of something they saw in the church or a leader did something to them, that they are drawing back and deconstructing their belief system and reevaluating, is this what I believe? But I'm here tonight to tell you, according to Hebrews chapter 10, that we are not those that draw back. We are not those that are reevaluating what we believe. But because of what God did in the generations before, we are now adequately supplied, educated, and instructed to live in this time. You have what it takes to do what God's called you to do in this time. And the devil would want you to draw back. He would want you to second guess what it is that you believe. But, uh, uh, but we know and we understand that if you don't stand for something, come on, that you'll fall for anything. And the devil wants the church to become this weak, emaciated uh, 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 body that does not know who they are or what they possess. But I know that I'm speaking to some radical Christians tonight, some believers that know who they are in Christ. They know what they possess. They know what lives and resides on the inside of them. And so my, my mission, my, my assignment tonight, if I can, is to fan that flame. To encourage you in the word that God has spoken to you to rise up and to be everything that he's called you to be. With that said, in 2 Peter, if you have your Bibles tonight, 2 Peter chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 11 out of the Amplified Bible. And if you're a multitasker, you can also turn to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We're going to start there in 2 Peter chapter 3. In the Amplified Bible, it says this, Since all these things... Thus, in the process of being dissolved, what's he talking about? It says both the earth, in verse 10, it says both the earth and the works, the toil or the effort that are in the world or in the earth, these things are being dissolved. It's amazing to me that the, uh, the, uh, the political agenda is to save the earth, and yet the earth is travailing for the saving and the calling of the sons and the children of God. The earth is desiring for your salvation, and yet the mentality of this world is to save the world. And yet God tells us that all these things are being dismantled or being dissolved. And here is the question that I want you to get tonight. This is what I want you to write in your notebooks if you're taking notes, because statistically speaking, people that take notes are more likely not to go to hell. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's not true, but it sounds good. Listen, here it is right here. What kind of person ought you to be? I want you to hear that, uh, that question tonight as these things that are happening right now, right before the return of the king, what kind of person ought you to be? In the meanwhile, in consecrated, or I like this, I wrote this, dedicated to divine purpose. Dedicated to divine purpose and holy behavior and devout and godly qualities. What kind of person ought you to be in this time and in this season? There's something that God is calling us to. There's more for the body of Christ. There's a next level for you in him. And God is not looking for us to be stagnant, to be insulated and isolated from this world, but to have a mentality, a determined focus that says, I know who my God is. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, that says, the people that know their God shall be strong. They shall be strong and they shall carry out great exploits, bold acts and daring deeds. We are living in a time where people are craving the miraculous. They're looking for the supernatural. The cool church will no longer exist in the days to come. 
Why? Because it's not about entertainment anymore. It's about a moving of the Spirit of God where lives can be radically changed and the miraculous can happen. Where the anointing, the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power, everybody say power. The power of God is available, it's manifesting, and it's there in that moment to remove that oppression the devil is using to hold people down and captive. And what I love about this is that God is not wanting to do this apart from you, that you can be only a spectator. But God desires, because he is co-laboring and commissioning together with you, to not only do this in you, but through you. God wants to do something miraculous in this time and in this season, in you and through you. Let me read something to you the Lord gave me back in 2021 in November, I had the opportunity to go with a pastor friend of mine to Colorado. He said, I've rented an Airbnb. I'm going to go pray. Would you like to go with me? I said, absolutely. So we went and we actually prayed. <laughs> How many of y'all know we're going on a prayer trip and all you do is rock climb and hang out? How was that prayer time? And it was awesome. We actually prayed. Um, I stayed in the room. He was out in the living room and we, we just met the Lord there, and what was so cool for him and I both, it was like God honored that time. When you give time to God, he'll meet you. The Bible tells us in James, if you draw near to me, I'll draw, I'll draw near to you. But for 2022, this is something the Lord spoke to me before we get to Luke chapter 4. Listen to these words. 2022 will hold great manifestations of healing overflowing with the miraculous and manifestations of the supernatural. The key in this time is not to try and build what has already been done, but learn to apply and walk in this abundant fullness on a daily basis. An individual that receives Christ, the anointed one, and walks in him by faith according to grace will operate on a level that is unstoppable. When you look at Jesus through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're looking at a man that was, it was God but had come and humbled himself in the form of flesh that was dependent upon God. Jesus said, in and of myself, I can do nothing. But he said, but with God, come on somebody, help me out. But with God, all things are possible. I like to ask people this, who are you with? Come on, who are you with? Because when you're with God, all things are possible. And there is this mandate that God is placing on the inside of us that when we lean into him, that when we receive Christ and we walk in him by faith according to grace, we'll operate on a level that is unstoppable. You look at the Gospels and you see that Jesus was never intimidated by any opposition that the devil brought to him. In Luke chapter 5, when the leper comes to Jesus and, and he says, I know that you're able, but are you willing? Jesus didn't say, you just missed it. We had a revival. You should have come earlier. I'm sorry. But what did he do? He reached out his hand. The Bible says the man was full of leprosy. But I like to say this, but Jesus being full of the anointed, according to Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The man was full of disease and of death, but God, Jesus, was full of the anointing. He reached out his hand and he touched the man in that moment. He said, be made whole. The man, the woman of God that presses in and walks in the fullness of who their God is will operate on a level that is unstoppable. The deception will be to dis, uh, to. The deception will be to distract one by trying to improve on the finished work through self-effort. We'll get into that a little bit here tonight. The deception will be to distract one by trying to improve on the finished work through self-effort. Simply receive and apply. It's access with confidence, expecting, listen to this, given potential. I heard just recently this man that was talking about how he, uh, he, um, 
his goal, his dream was to be a football star. I said, well, man, what happened? Because he's very athletic. He said, man, I didn't like the coach. I didn't like his attitude. I didn't like how he, he talked to me. He said, so I quit. And he said that the coach came to his house and pleaded with his parents, said, can you talk to this man? Can you talk to your son and, and encourage him to come back? And they said, man, he's, he's made his decision. And later on, he was talking with his coach. He said, man, why were you so hard on me? He said, because I saw your potential. The reason the devil's fighting against you so hard, the reason the devil is pushing against you so hard is because of the potential that God has given you to do the assignment that he's called you to. Come on, but we all know that no weapon, no opposition, no force, no pressure that is formed against you can, it can't prosper. It can't succeed. Why? Because greater is he that is. Y'all going to help me preach tonight or am I just going to get up here and do a little Elvis or something? No weapon formed against you can prosper. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. First John says, as he is, so are you in this world. It's access with confidence, expecting, expecting given potential to unfold through a daily working relationship of fellowship. With that said, look at Luke chapter 4. Y'all still glad you came tonight? Y'all good? My wife says, sometimes you go zero to 100. You got to make sure we're with you. So if I need to stop and take a commercial break, let y'all catch up, you just let, wave at me. Be like, two minutes, two minutes, I'm processing. <clears throat> Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I'm going to start here in verse 18, and this is going to be uh, out of the New King James. It's the, uh, the Bible Paul carried, I believe, is if I remember that correct, out of my theology studies. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim, verse 19, the acceptable year of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. How do you know that you're anointed? How do you know that you're anointed? It's obvious that if you're anointed because you'll glow and you'll float. Am I right? Turn off the lights, guys. Go ahead. I'm going to show you something. No, it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> It doesn't, it, we get this mentality that if, you, if you're anointed, there'll be some type of a, this, this thing that happens. Look at this, guys. I'm not even on the stage right now. And we're, ooh. You're anointed. Listen to me. I'm being silly, but I want you to get this. You're anointed because he says you're anointed. You're anointed because as he is, he's anointed. You're anointed. Another word for the anointing is fullness. Everybody say fullness. What I'm getting here tonight is that there is this mandate that is upon us that we're not trying to get something. We are something. That we are who he says that we are. We are the anointing. We are the, the body of Christ, the, the anointed one in his fullness, in his anointing. The effect of the anointing is full supply. Mm. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, an absolute fullness in all things. No matter what you're, you're called to do, this is not a message for the five-fold ministry. This is for the teacher, the entrepreneur. This is for anybody, the homekeeper. This is for anybody that has made Jesus Christ the Lord of their lives, the ones that believes in him and makes a decision to walk by faith according to grace. You have an, an anointing. First John uh, chapter 2, I believe it, it says that you have, there is an anointing let me read it to you real quick. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27 says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. The anointing that you've received from him, it abides 
in you. I want you to get a picture of this. The anointing is on the inside of you. It's on you. It's in you. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it tells us this exact thing. It says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. The Holy Ghost was, was for him in you, leading you and guiding you into all truth. Powers for the people you come in contact with. A full supply for every moment, for every situation. I am anointed. Say that with me. I am anointed. I have a full supply. Everything that I need. For every situation, I have enough. My God shall supply all my needs According to my 401k, my savings, my partner base, ministers, my church, the offerings that come in. No, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches in Christ, in his riches in glory by Christ, the anointed one in his anointing. The fullness of of Godhead in bodily form, lives, I'm going to show you this, lives on the inside of you. You have a full supply. See, we live in a, in a time and a season where if you turn on the news, they're going to constantly and consistently try to persuade you into believing inadequacies. That's why every time that there's a little a tremble or, or, or political, you know, verbiage, you go to the grocery store and there's no bread, there's no milk. There, why? Because you better get some because it's all going. I'm here today to tell you that there's adequate supply for you as a child of God. If God has to send a raven to drop down some bread and some water, it'll be where you, where you are. Well, that's just preacher talk. No, it's the word of God. And if you're doing what God's called you to do, you better get in the mindset that there is a full supply for me because God's going to begin to push you beyond the boundaries of what's comfortable and what feels right for you. And you're going to have to be like Peter and make a decision to step out of the boat and walk on the miraculous word of God to do the impossible. And you'll do it through the understanding and the revelation of knowing I can do this, not in and of myself, but because I've been anointed by God with a fullness on the inside of me that is, rises to the occasion of whatever God asks me to do. I like this. The anointing or the fullness, the full supply, listen to this, is the ability to give out without running out to give out without running out in other words you can pour and you can pour and you can pour I'm going to show you this in a minute you can pour and you can pour and the natural mind begins to say you you better you got to tilt back a little bit you're going to run out you get you better tilt back a little bit you're going to run out when it comes to your giving, when it comes to sowing into the kingdom of God, your mind will tell you, you better dial back. You better dial back. Why? Because there's not enough. See, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, The natural man receives not the things of God, neither can he know them. Why? They're spiritually discerned. If you do not allow yourself to step over into the anointing, the spirit realm, the devil will hold you captive. You're going to have to renew your mind to the word of God, to the supply that God has given you in that anointing, that fullness, so that when you step into the place where there's not enough, you raise a thanksgiving to God, and God begins to multiply that which is around you. What kind of person ought you to be in this time? You ought to be one that is anointed full of his fullness. To prosper others, to heal, liberate, make free, give sight, bring revelation, remove oppression or depression. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25 says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word will make it glad. You and I are called to walk into situations and bring a radical change. 
I like to say this, when I walk into the room, the atmosphere changes. Not because of who I am, there's nothing impressive about Dustin, but because of a revelation that lives on the inside of me, a fullness that when I walk into the room, that anointing commands attention. It's the same way when Jesus got out of the boat and he walked on land and the demons began to cry out, are you here to torment us? And he told them to be quiet. Why? They even recognized that anointing. It seized them. It brought attention to what was living, resident and on Jesus. It ought to be the same for you and I. We're living in a time where we cannot be complacent or draw back from what God has adequately supplied and given to us. We're to remove oppression and depression. We are to restore, reclaim, and reinstate previous rights and privileges to the people we come in contact with. Without the anointing, listen to this, without the anointing or fullness, you have to manipulate, intimidate, and dominate and control circumstances or people to succeed. Without the anointing, without fullness, you have to manipulate or intimidate. Remember the word intimidate. You have to dominate, you have to control circumstances or people to succeed. When there isn't a revelation of anointing, you, you'll be placed into a, 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 a mindset of chaos. You begin to, to run, you begin to grope, you begin to, as a blind person, trying to find its way. You're just doing whatever it you can to survive. That's what you see when you look at it, the world. You see a group of people that are literally running wild. The Bible tells us in Proverbs uh, chapter uh, 18, I believe it is, it says in the Message Bible, if people cannot see what God is doing, they run wild. But if they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. When God reveals something to you, when God speaks to you, it is because he's adequately placing his spirit, his word. John, uh, John chapter 6 and verse 63 says the spirit is life. Uh, the flesh profits nothing. But the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. They are anointed to bring change to the situation. That's why Mark chapter 4 says the devil comes immediately to steal the word. Why does he want to steal the word? Because he knows that it's anointed. It brings revelation to the fullness that lives on the inside of you. He doesn't want you to be supplied. He wants you to draw back. He wants you to think, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how it's going to come to pass. Because he's trying to get you to think in a place of lack and insufficiency. Rather than stepping up to the plate saying, in the natural, I can't see how it's going to work. I don't know how it's going to happen. But because I'm anointed, because there's a full supply that's living on the inside of me, I know that it's going to come to pass. Because uh, Numbers chapter uh, 23, verse 19 says that God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. God is looking for a group and a body of, of believers that will believe him and step up to the plate and say, like Isaiah said, here am I, God, send me. I'll be your man, I'll be your woman, I'll do your bidding because I believe you. I believe the word that you've spoken to me. I believe that you didn't send me out empty-handed. Come on, somebody. I'm adequately, adequately supplied. Natural barriers do not apply to someone that is aware and lives in the anointing. I'll say it again. Am I all right? I'm preaching at you. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just I'm yelling with you. I'm your cheerleader. Woo, you got it. You can do it. Whatever that was. <clears throat> that was not cheerleading. <laughs> that was scary. No, okay. <clears throat> Natural barriers. Listen to this. Natural barriers do not apply to the one that is aware and lives in the anointing and in the fullness. Natural barriers do not apply. I'm telling you, read through the Gospels and look how Jesus responded to situations. There's a storm, and he decides he's going to go a, ple a pleasure cruise walking across the water. 
Skipping across the wall. Why? Natural barriers, limitations, don't apply to somebody that's aware of who their God is. See, the, the, the world is, I, I, Bill Johnson says this, if all your, your information is coming from social media or the news, your anxiety and your depression is self-inflicted. And most people, if you're only getting what they're saying, they're going to form a belief system on the inside of you that says that there is a boundary, there is a limit, there is something that God may be calling you to, but it's not going to happen because natural circumstances do not support it or give way to it. So you better just sit down and be quiet. And yet, my Bible says that if I understand how I'm anointed, how there's a full supply, you get to say it doesn't apply to me. I'm going to go ahead and up out of this doubt and unbelief session, and I'm going to step over here to where there's a full supply. I'm going to give God thanks, and I know my God's working. Come on, somebody say, God's working. God's working on my behalf. I'm not like everybody else. I don't have to live under the circumstances of and the natural barriers of this world. My Bible tells me that I'm not of this world. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. I think that's in John chapter 8. Somewhere in John. John chapter 1 verse 16, the Amplified Bible says this. And of his fullness, that which is filled with the presence of, the glory, the power, the agency, the riches of God and Christ. We have all received and grace for grace. Of his fullness, we have received. Not your fullness. You may be full of something. Come on, somebody. We're not talking about your fullness. We're talking about his fullness. Of his fullness, we have received. Psalms 23, verse 5 the B portion in the Passion's translation says, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. Woo, come on, somebody. I love that. Mm. How many of y'all are cologne people, perfume people? I got a tray in my bathroom with about five or six, I wish I had more, but of colognes. You get up in the morning, you take a shower. What's today? What are we doing? Are we going with the Dolce Gabbana? What do we got? We're going to go. What are we going to use? I love cologne. Smell good. I, this is how much I love cologne. I put cologne on before I go to bed. Makes the wife happy. Come on, somebody. I mean, after I've showered. I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, you getting dirty and then you know, take a shower, right, get clean. Before I get into bed, it's like, I get to lay. I don't have to smell me. Come on, somebody. I can smell Kenneth Cole Black or something. You know what I'm talking about? Just, it, it blesses me. You do what you do, I'm going to do what I, I smell good though when I sleep, so. Not that any of you will ever know, but I'm just telling you, by faith, by faith you can believe me. That Dustin smells good when it sleeps. Mm. Okay, Psalms 23 verse 5 in the passage says this, you anoint me, everybody say you. you. God, you anoint me with the fragrance of the Holy Spirit that refreshes, restores, and rejuvenates me. You give me all I can drink of until my cup overflows. Ooh, come on, somebody. I love that. He anoints me with the fragrance of the Holy Spirit that refreshes, it restores, it rejuvenates me. The anointing, the full supply on me is not just so I can bless somebody else. I'm blessed because of the anointing. I'm refreshed and rejuvenated and restored. So that when I step out in the morning, I got a little hip in my hop, a little stride in my ride. Why? Because I feel good. God's working on me. Man, God, the anointing's on me. He fills my cup. Here's the challenge, and I want you to get this tonight, is this. Don't try and fill your own cup. The challenge that the devil, and I read it to you earlier, that he's trying to get, y'all, I brought this on the airplane. Can you put it in my bag. Okay, I just want to be ready. They did, ran it through the scanners, like, hold up, what's he doing, making lemonade? What's going on here? Open your bag, please. 
The devil's going to try to get you to fill your own cup. Here, we're just going to take a knee. Listen to me. You don't have to fill your own cup. God fills your cup. See, the devil wants to try to get you so involved with the thinking of, i got to fill my own cup, that you're always thinking about what's in your cup rather than just acknowledging the fact, my cup's full. And it's more about you walking out spilling than it is you trying to fill your cup. I walk out the front door and I don't have to worry about, is my cup full? You may wake up in the morning, you got one eye open, coffee ain't even dripping yet. Your kid wakes up, he's got a fever. And you're thinking, hold up, fever, I ain't got time. I haven't prayed yet. I haven't read yet. I got to get in the presence to fill my cup. I'm here today to tell you, with one eye open, hair sticking up this way because of the anointing, you can reach out whether you feel it or whether you don't, knowing I know it's not by who I am or what I've done or accomplished. My cup has been filled. I'll drink to that. Come on, somebody. My cup is filled. It overflows, not because of what I've done, but because of what Christ has adequately done in and through me through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Quit trying to fill your own cup. Listen to this. You need to read your word. You need to read the Bible. But reading the Bible does not fill your cup. Reading the Bible does not fill your cup, but it reveals what is already in your cup. Psalms 119 verse 130 says, The entrance of your word gives, it gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. The reason I get in the word of God is not to fill my cup, but to reveal to me what God has already adequately placed in my cup. But this is the other thing. You need to pray. You need to spend time praying. It's not you just talking to God. How many of y'all know that? You need to pray. You need to spend time basking in the presence of God, communing and fellowshipping with Him. But I'm here tonight to tell you that prayer does not fill your cup. Prayer simply stirs and excites what's already in your cup. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says you're building yourself up. You're plugging yourself in, and it's beginning to energize. It's beginning to stir and show you, reveal to you, and declare to you what has already been adequately placed in your cup. But the devil wants you to get in this mind frame, and you felt it, I felt it. You're going into a meeting or you're going out somewhere and God says, I want you to witness to this brother right over here. I want you to go speak to this brother. And all of a sudden, you I ain't prayed in two weeks. And last time that I read the word, oh, man, I haven't read. What are you doing? You're evaluating your cup based upon your self-effort. Must be good because I'm spitting. <laughs> Say it. Don't spray it. I'm going to have to shampoo the carpets after Dustin gets done. You're, you're evaluating the fullness of your cup based upon your effort. God said it to me this way, that which wars against the will of God is self-effort. How do I say this? <clears throat> God commissioned you, God's called you out for an assignment, for a specific task. But he doesn't need you trying to help him prepare you for the task. Are y'all with me? I know you could split that a little bit. God doesn't need your help in preparing you. Making sure your cups fit. God, I'll be ready by tomorrow. I promise. I'm going to get this thing done. We'll get it. God's like, I, I filled you when I called you. I equipped you, when, but when you were in your mother's womb, I knit you together, and I placed everything that you needed for your life. I've set it out in advance. I'm going to show you this in a minute. Every detail, every supply, every resource has already been given and laid out for you. All I'm asking you to do is to believe and receive. Have you ever gone to a, a restaurant, and you get there, and you, they get you seated, 
The waiter comes up, get your drink. Hey, what do you guys, what do you, what do you want to drink? I'll take a water. I'm a dub, double-fisted kind of drinker, so I'm like, a water and a Dr. Pepper. Come on, somebody. You get a sweet tea over here. They get a Diet Coke over there, right? They bring, while you're looking at the menu, they bring you your, wherever you at, maybe some chips and salsa. Come on, some hot bread and some oil if you're going Italian that night. They get you your drinks, right? They get everything laid out, and you're sipping water, Dr. Pepper, water. Do- Glory to God, man. You feel like shouting a little bit as soon as that. Those 23 flavors hit your tongue, right? So you're doing your thing. Well, but man, you're enjoying yourself, and all of a sudden, your, your waiter is MIA. You ever had this? MIA is like, you're looking for the waiter, trying to find out where they are. You're done with the Dr. Pepper. Now you've done finished off the H2O, and you're looking like, where is our waiter? And they come by. And you're trying to grab another waiter, like, I need a refill. They're like, hey, I'll get your waiter for you. They, you can't find them next you. No, you take matters into your own hands, right? You're like, I'm, I'm about to go find me some Dr. Pepper. You get up out of your seat. You walk around. You're looking for the kitchen. You find it. You go in there. The manager's like, excuse, excuse me, what are you doing back here, sir? You're like, I need a refill. Oh, yeah. Go sit in. I got you. I got you. What are they, they're getting, you don't have your food handler's permit. You can't be back here. You know what I'm saying? You need to go sit down. I'll find your waiter for you. I believe that the the devil is trying to get the body of Christ to get up and try to go and fill their own cup. When you and I are called to sit together, come on somebody, together with Christ in heavenly places. I'm here tonight to tell you, don't get up. Stay seated. Stay in a position of rest. Stay in that position of receiving from the master, knowing my cup is full. I've got all that I need. And I'm telling you, you're going to have to renew your mind to this because every day you wake up, the devil's going to give you five points why you ain't enough. You're not, you're not, they're not the best. You're okay, but you're not that good. I know God called you to preach, but you stutter a little bit. <laughs> Would you look at this? You know what I mean? And he'll give you 18 reasons why you're not enough. Why you ought to just give up and sit down. But the, but the idea is simply this, is that it's not about you. <laughs> I'll just enjoy myself for a minute. It ain't about you, it's about Jesus. And the sooner we get a revelation of that, the sooner that we understand my cup's full, and when I jump out that front door, I'm ready for whatever the devil throws at me. Because I've got an adequate supply. Someone say, I'm anointed. Here's the warning. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10 says this, Beware, in the Passion Translation, beware, that no one distracts you or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they're filled with endless arguments of human logic. For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgment, watch this, based on the mindset of this world system and not the anointed truth of the anointed one. There's a war for your attention. There's a war for you to draw back from the the Christ's fullness, a full cup mentality. Why? Because if you'll walk in a full cup mentality, the miraculous, the signs, the wonders, the miracles will happen everywhere you go. Verse 9, for he is the, talking about Jesus, Jesus is the complete fullness of deity in human form verse 10 and our own completeness our own full cup is now found in him we are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us he is the head the source of every kingdom and every authority in the universe through our union with him we have experienced circumcision of the heart listen to this all guilt All power of sin has been cut away and is now non-existent. Come on, somebody. Kind of like the unicorn. It used to be, but it is no longer in existence. It no longer exists because of what 
Christ, the anointed one, watch this, has accomplished for me. He accomplished it for me. Don't try to fill your own cup. It's an endless, tiring, laboring effort that produces nothing. Everything that God's called you to do, everything that he's the vision, the passion, the thing that when you're in the presence of God that is burning and that you can see so vividly and so real is not going to come to pass by what you do in your effort because you said it right, because you did it right, because you did everything just right. It's not about you. It's about what Jesus accomplished for you. It's already been taken care of. Most people are like, you tell them, hey, I bought you a car. It's down at the dealership. I I took care of everything. It's got insurance. It's got bumper-to-bumper warranty. Everything is done. It's taken care of. All you got to go do is pick it up. Two months later, you see them. You like that new car? Well, I, I ain't got it yet. I ain't been down there. What are you waiting on? I feel like sometimes God's looking at us going, what, I, what are you waiting on? I already purchased it for you with the blood of Jesus 2,000 years ago. He accomplished it, everything. What are you waiting for? And there, the only excuse that we can give is some natural mentality or thought of limit the devil's been feeding us for the last six months. Yet if we would get back and we would just get in the word of God, we would understand and see it's not going to be done by might. It's not going to be done by natural ability. It's going to be done by the spirit of God in and through you. Can I give you three points to make it a real message? And then we'll wrap it up. Okay, we'll make it quick. Isaiah chapter 45. Y'all still glad you came? Y'all having fun? I got my workout today. (laughs) Fill my Wheaties. <laughs> okay, here we go. Whatever that means. Okay. Okay. The water's good here. Pastor Williams said, I don't, I don't know. I've never drank the water here. I was, I'm giving it a review. Okay. <laughs> Buckhead, life has some good water. Okay. I'll just go ahead and put that out there. Isaiah chapter 45, I'm going to read the, uh, 1 through 3. Then I'm going to back up and I'm going to give you some three quick points that you can apply to your life today. Isaiah 45 verse 1 says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed. Someone say, I'm anointed. To Cyrus, whose right hand I have held. I love that. Strengthened and sustained. God's holding your right hand. He's saying, I've got you. I'm helping you. To subdue nations or ethnic ethnic groups before you. And to loose the arms of kings. To open before him the double door so that the gates will not be shut. Verse 2. I will go before you and make crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Verse 3. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by name and the God of Israel. When God's calling you out, when God's asking you to take a step of faith and everybody around you saying, you can't do that, you can't have that, you can't go there, you can't possess that, you're going to have to factor in the anointing. You're going to have to factor in the fact that those natural barriers, those limitations don't apply to me. Why? Because I'm anointed and I have a full supply. Number one, God's saying to you tonight, I will go before you. In other words, there will be preparation. Psalms 23 verse 5 says, you prepare a table or provision before me. God's already been where he's calling you to be. There's preparation. Number two, God says, I will break in pieces the gates and produce an open door. God has given you opportunities. Opportunities. Revelation chapter 3 verse 8 says, I've set before you an open door. 
that no man can shut. There it is, the natural flesh and the, the natural barriers of this world and the limitations that everybody lives by don't apply to you. Why? Because God's given you opportunity. God's opening a door for you. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 8 says, The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Listen to this. Gates are not weapons thrown at you. They are barriers to limit and stop you from accessing the full supply in Christ. God's saying to you, the gates of hell, the limited boundaries that Satan will try to stop you from accessing. God's saying they will not hinder you. They cannot be shut. I'm laying before you an open door, an opportunity for you to seize. Number three, I will give you treasures or resources. God's saying, I'm making preparation, I'm giving you opportunities, and I'm giving you resources. I've already read this, but Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 says, In the passion, I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have. For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through Christ Jesus. When you come to the end, and it seems all is lost, my encouragement to you tonight is simply this. Factor in the anointing. I challenge you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He has anointed you. You didn't anoint yourself. God anointed you with the Holy Ghost and with power. There's a fullness. There's a supply resident on the inside of you. When you factor in the anointing fullness, we don't start with the problem. You can always tell when you're not factoring in the anointing to your situation when God's speaking to you and you look at the checkbook and go, yeah. You know you're not factoring in the anointing when the doctor says, here's what I'm seeing and here's the diagnosis and here's the plan that you're going to have to take. And it grips your heart with fear. You're not factoring in the anointing. I'm not saying it's easy. Don't get me wrong. But I don't start with the doctor's opinion. I start with the anointing, the full supply in Christ. We don't start with the problem, the lack or the sickness. We begin from a kingdom mindset, a reality that super exceeds all other realities. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. To find out more, visit our website at merleministries.com.